This is the Horse Radio Network. I'm Stacy Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage episode. In this podcast, Joyce Swanson joins me to discuss updates to the Western Dressage tests, including adding a fifth level. Then she returns for the trainer's tip where we discuss that the training tips are built right into the tests. Joining me at the beginning of this week's podcast is Diney Swanson, Executive Director of the Western Dressage Association of America. And Diney, I'd love to know if you have any news to share with us from the office of the WDAA. Oh boy, we have lots going on. Um, lots and lots of balls up in the air, but none of them have landed yet. Um, <laughs> we, I, thought, I thought my life was only like that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's worldwide. Um, <laughs> we've got the uh, the World Show Prize list that should be coming out in the next couple of days. Um, we are doing a complete redo of our website, and that should be happening. Uh, within a week. Wow. Um, so now that everybody's used to how our website looks, we're going to switch it up on you. <laughs> um, and then we are also working on uh, finalizing the online international challenge show prize list. And it has been a challenge because we want to differentiate it from the world show. Mm. And, you know, make it very, very different. So we've basically invented an entirely new way of doing awards. Oh. <laughs> uh, which, is always, which is always fun. We're kind of skilled at that, it seems. Um, we're going to be doing, um, you know, class awards. It, the, the prize list, as far as classes will go, looks the same. Um, and we're going to split out uh, overall high scores. Those are usually our, our top three awards and they're usually the big giant ribbon. Um, this year, we're going to split it out to junior rider 13 and under and then 14 to 17. Hmm. We're going to do amateur rider 18 to 39 and then 40 to 59 and then 60 and up for hmm. amateurs. And then for open riders, we're going to do 18 to 39 and 40 and over. Okay. And those all will be getting a, a very special award. Um, I'm not going to say what it is just yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the, you know, the division winners like they have in the past for the world show, they will be winning buckles uh, with our new online international logo on them. They're going to be gorgeous. Uh, made by uh, Skyline Vaquero out in California. Um, I believe Circle Y will be involved in our overall high score awards. And then um, we're going to do some different awards. We won't have the Greenhorn or Silver Spur, uh, things like that, because those, uh, you know, I want to keep those with the world show. But one really exciting thing that we're going to do, um, and I've worked with um, the Dressage Foundation. And they're the ones that do the century rides and they include Western dressage and those century rides and the acknowledgement of those. So they have um, okayed us to be able to do century rides in the online show. Hmm. So we're going to do a big 
we'll, we'll do a, an, an acknowledgement of that. And several of our, our fun awards or a little different awards, they'll be getting digital badges that they can put on social media ah. and a printable certificate that they can print out at home. Um, one of, so one of those is Century Rides. Um, breed high score awards are going to go under that. And every breed that's represented it, represented will have a high score winner. Wow. Uh, we had 50, 51 breeds at the World Show last year. That's a lot of um, breeds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got, just to name a few, we're going to do a versatility badge um, for horses that show in horsemanship, a test, and a freestyle. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun. We're basically, we just, we can't do the mailing of the ribbons <laughs> and and all of that like we did last year. So so th- this is kind of the way we've broken it down. And um, like the show last year, every single exhibitor will be, will receive an item. Um, and that item will have the new online international logo, exhibitor logo on it. And that'll probably either be a t-shirt or a hat. And then if you uh, place in a class for first through 10th, in a class, um, you will receive an upgraded item. Um, we haven't quite decided on that. With I'm working with Tioga Territory. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're our provider for jackets and all that at the World Show, and they're going to be handling this for us this year. So anybody who places first through tenth will receive. Let's say it's a a sweatshirt or a you know a zip up jacket. Um, they will have the exhibitor logo on there and then they will have their class, um, the name of the class that they were in and where they play. So it'll be champion, reserve champion, or top 10 mm-hmm. for all of those. So if you go on nine classes, you get nine listed on your, your nice piece of apparel. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's about it. So it, it's, it's going to be different. There's no ribbons, but there's kind of flashier acknowledgement of, wow. of your placing. Yeah, that is a lot. Now, yeah. remind me, century, century rides again. How does that work? Century rides are the age of the rider and the horse add up to 100 plus years. Okay. That's, I thought I was on track for that, but yeah. I thought I'd yeah. just so that's, I've, I should have defined that, but that that's really cool. Very exciting. Um, that is. They, they do a lovely job um, at the Dressage Foundation. Um, you know, they write up stories uh, for everybody who, who earns, a, you know, has a century ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, the breed. I, I, what I was sitting here marveling at is the m- amount of mailing you were just discussing international mailing even well that's what we did last year i'm trying to get away from that this year so tioga territory has taken on the burden <laughs> okay okay see okay now i, I can kind of yeah. see the little bit of a twist because i was thinking that's <laughs> yeah. still a lot of mailing because nope, they're gonna just, do it okay they're doing it yeah it's all coming from tioga territory and we'll probably offer some kind of a something if people agree to you know pick up their award at the world show 
Mm, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So we now, don't have to ship. So do you we'll happen to know off the top of your head how many different countries or some of the different countries you had participate the last time when this was online? Uh, we had um, United States, Canada, Australia, Sweden, and one other, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, okay. But I've, I just today was contacted by somebody in England that's very excited about it. So, very cool. Yeah, I actually think with, with a little bit more time and with the different name and mm-hmm. you know just the the spread of it, I think, I think it will be. I think it's going to grow. That's going to be super exciting. And yeah, that'll be fun. You know, yeah. I wanted I wanted to revisit something that we had brought up on a. Uh, previous podcast but that new iphone app that you kind of tipped me off to uh-huh. the dressage illustrated one is really yeah. cool good good they're gonna try and get it going for droids too hopefully soon. yeah i mean uh, it's if anybody has an iphone yeah. and has an interest in riding western dressage tests it's the audios to ride by and all that being on the phone is really nice. So anybody who's getting ready for this show should definitely download that app. Cause yeah, I had a chance to check that out after you told me and that, that can be found on our website under purchase educational materials. You, you can, well, you can find dressage illustrated there, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you just look it up on your app store, right? Yeah. Under, yep. is it under WDAA? Yeah, actually, I think okay. that is what I searched, and and okay. yeah, it popped right up, and there it was, and yeah. downloaded it, and yeah, and I was really impressed with the, with the you know, like I had tried making my own ride things, and there it was like, wow, this is done for you, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll definitely we take can, that. I well, were very thankful to Dressage Illustrated for doing that. Yeah, that was really nice. Well, I'm excited to see uh, what the new website looks like because I know that's a big deal anytime you redo a website. So <laughs> that will be exciting to see that as it gets unveiled. And now you might have inspired me to try, you know, I haven't actually shown in the horsemanship or the freestyle, but, you know, well, yeah. I, I could, I maybe I could try that like three-way yep. combo of the horsemanship, the test, and the freestyle. Maybe that's going to be good. And then one, one other thing I forgot to mention is that this show is still going to be triple points. Mm. So last year, the world show online was one and a half points in our points and rewards program, and we're going to keep it that way. So it's the only online show that is more than one and a half, or more than one, I'm sorry, more than a half of a point. Okay. All online shows are a half a point. Okay. Wow. Nice. Yeah. We're excited. Very good. So this, this will be a fun adventure. I'm, I'm, I'm currently starting to recruit from like our pool of reigning people and stuff like that. I'm going to start now on, you know, pumping them up with the idea that they're going to enter their first Western dressage show and it's going to be this international one online. So there you go. Wish me luck (laughs) on that. (laughs) thanks again for joining me and for sharing that and yeah i look forward to seeing that prize list when it comes out me too (laughs) thanks (laughs) no words can describe the depth of the bond between a horse and his person a kiss at the gate just before you turn him out 
the soft touch of his muzzle on your hand as he scoops up the treat out of your palm. The warmth of his body under your legs as you saunter bareback across the pasture. The beat of his hooves as you gallop in perfect rhythm cross-country. The sensation of flying as you clear the oxer. The sense of peace that comes over you as you walk together down the quiet trail. The sound of him contently eating his dinner. The feel of his warm, soft coat under your hand. The feeling you get when it's just you and your horse. It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Equijewel. Fight back against an energy crisis that can impact condition and performance. Equijewel is a high-fat, low-starch and sugar formula that was developed to safely meet the energy needs of your horse. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Joining me today for the Judge's View and the Training Tip segment is Joyce Swanson. Joyce is a founding member of the WDAA and a large R Western Dressage judge. She also judges in the Morgan, Pinto, and Miniature Horse World. I'm so excited about that one. She was instrumental in developing the test that we ride today, which is actually what I want to talk about today. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Joyce. Yeah. Hey, Stacy. Thanks for having me. You know, I have to confess that I never gave much thought as to where the test came from. (laughs) And so I ended up behind the scenes getting glimpses of the work that's going into updating and revising the tests that are going on right now and the work that you're doing on the uh, level five tests. And the little peek behind the curtain that I saw, I was like, jaw drop. Oh my goodness. This is a lot of work. And I ended up with more questions than, than I was like, I have a lot of questions about this. So that's why I wanted to have you on today because I heard a rumor that you were involved in writing the very first Western dressage test. Is that true? Yes, I can, I can humbly admit to that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'd love to hear about it. Sure. So, you know, Western dressage was incorporated around 2010 and we basically started with um, training level dressage tests and we grandfathered in or, or utilized some dressage judges. And uh, then in 2012, the organization said, you know, we really want to develop our own tests that are more in line with skills that would be more um, about Western, Western horses and um, so, and, and, and really to honor their mission statement. And I don't know if you ever bothered to read the mission statement, but it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, to honor the horse and to provide a, you know, a training methodology to gently cultivate this horse. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> this organization is just a bunch of horse lovers. So, yeah. so they decide this and I'm not, specifically involved with the organization of this, of WDAA at this point, but um, Cliff came up to me and he, he goes, Hey, we need some tests by 2013. And this is like fall of 2012. And he goes, I have six weeks to submit something. Can you help me? (laughs) Six Six weeks and four levels. Okay. Well, let's try this. So 
I just happened to be jumping in my car or my truck and trailer to go pick up a horse back east. And I just said, okay, give me a legal pad <laughs> and jumped in the truck. My son came with me and I said, Ryan, you're going to drive all day. I'll drive all night. I've got to write these tests. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. And um, I, I didn't have a test template at the time. I don't know what, if you know what that is, but just picture the, the actual score sheet that you get back when you show with the judge's okay. comments. And so I had nothing. So I scribbled it out on the, the legal pad, all the tests. And I handed it over to this wonderful secretary that we employed at WGAA, and she put them in, you know, test format. And I and I never gave it another thought. I thought, phew, okay, we got something we can start with. They weren't that bad, really. I mean, I <laughs> the, the, because I kind of went from my position as a horse trainer of like, okay, so that beginning horse, that green horse, or beginner rider, you know, what, what skills should they have and and what's appropriate for each test and how do we gradually increase the challenge through the tests and through the levels. And, you know, it's easy. So, you know, of course you're going to do 20 meter circles in the lower test. And as you improve the collection and balance on your horse, you'll come to do smaller circles and more involved transitions. And, you know, I just, they just kind of rattled off. But what I didn't know was that the person actually putting them in test form didn't really know how to bracket the tests. Do you know what the test brackets are? Well, I'm guessing that's the way that each of the chunks is kind of on there. Yeah, chunks. That's good. So (laughs) you have the numbered, you're right, the numbered pieces of a test. So, oh my gosh, like she put like, um, let's see what tests we're up to. We're up to second level. So there'd be like um, a loped apart, a circle, a stop and a pivot all in one bracket. You know, it was, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. And the second thing was they were too long. I never timed them. I just kind of had it in my head. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you could get through that in about five minutes, but you know, some of the tests mainly, I think level one were too long. And um, so there was a lot a lot we could improve upon. In fact, I really couldn't wait till 2017 or 2016 rolled around to head to the next test writing. And, and, and I've learned since then, you know what, there's always going to be room for improvement. And by the good graces of our generous, involved, engaged membership, people come up to me all the time and, you know, offer suggestions and, um, I'm really grateful for that. And judges, of course, um, offer suggestions on, well, maybe that transition should be at P instead of F, and then they won't do that simple change in the corner. They'll be straight, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and, and maybe that children should come at you like um, closer to the judge's stand so you could actually see it better. And yeah, I can't even tell you. But, so we always start, try to start when we're, uh, revising the test. Okay. What were the problems? So one of the funniest problems that I got blindsided with, with the um, 2017 test, which I'm given the 2017 test in a minus. I don't care. I mean, compared to the C plus of the first edition of tests, like I am really proud of those 2017 tests. Like I just felt like, they were better organized. Of course, the bracketing I've paid attention to, but so 
I'm judging a horse show and most of the horse shows, um, you never know if those tests are going to be in order based on entries and maybe somebody has two intro horses and has to have time to get on that basic course and they'll juggle the tests around. Well, this show is very well organized and I love it because it went in order and it's, it's easier for you because you really have to know those tests when you're judging so that your mm-hmm. focus isn't, Oh, where's the horse going next? You know where the horse is supposed to go next. And I get through the first seven tests and I go, so this is like intro test one, two, three, and four basic test one, two, and three. And I go, did all those tests end with a final turn up center line from F. So they were all right-hand turns, you know? And mm. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, Stacey, but like, does that seem like a problem to you? Like just being a horseman, yeah, it is a problem. You're bending the horse so many more times to the right and not practicing going to the left. So mm-hmm. um, so I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. Then um, Frances Carbonell, who's from our area and such a lovely person. I think she's been on your show before. Mm-hmm. She comes up to me and very gently taps me on the shoulder. And she goes, Joyce, did you know that in the level four, which was fairly new at the time, the level four tests that three of those tests have the first lobe depart, uh, a left lead lobe depart at M. And I was like, oh my God, no. I mean, because, you know, that creates an anticipation challenge for the horses. So these are the kinds of, this is an example of the things you have to juggle. So uh, yeah. it gets pretty involved. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I hadn't thought about what you just said you learned when you were judging them all back to back in order you know, that would change the way that you, that would change the way that you look at it. And there are so many tests and that's a good thing. I like it because I mean, when I look at the reigning world that I come from, we showed with 10 tests forever. I mean, they've introduced a few more now, but it was like 10 and that was for any division, anywhere, every, (laughs) everything. And so, and, and really there's like, seven or eight movements or chunks or brackets, whichever way we want to like phrase that. So I came into this world and was like, okay, well, this is a lot of options. So I haven't um, fully memorized the ins and outs of the different ones. I've been much more like, wow, this one's fun to ride because of this loop. And, oh, this one's a challenge because of the way that you do this here or there, or, oh, this is, you know, and, I have noticed when there are similarities, you know, of things only because, you know, you come across the center line and I'm like, wait a minute, is this come across the center line and then, I mean, come across the diagonal and then do this, or is this come across, you know, memorization issues that I've had, but boy, riding them, I, I jumped in and the first ones I've ridden were the 17 and I was impressed with all of them. So yay. Oh (laughs) yeah. And you do a beautiful job riding. We're so happy to have you involved, but you're right about the reigning test. And, you know, if you don't have a a variety of things to do with, uh, with any horse, they start anticipating, you know, you really want to mix things up. So even if you're practicing for your reining pattern, you know, you may just work on a few stops this direction, a few, few things that direction. And, and you don't want to just keep doing the pattern over and over again and, mm-hmm. you know, have your horse yeah. kind of jump ahead of you. 
Yeah. What so. I what I really do love about the Western dressage and the reason that I'm promoting it so heavily everywhere that I can speak is because I do love the aspect of it that is so drastically different than reining, which is that it does walk and develop the horse and rider up through the levels. You know, yeah. I always say that in the reining world, it's a pretty good jump. Like you jump in at a, a relatively high level because there isn't the clubs, the independent individual clubs will do some, you know, green rainer. They'll come up with their own things, but it, for, as far as the national level goes, it's a pretty good jump on the way in. And I love that the Western dressage dovetails so nicely, but also that the tests are for the training. And I know I'm talking to dressage people here who are like, well, obviously, but just coming from another world where that's no, the test is like the final test. It's has not, it's not related to the training. It's so nice to have. So I am really interested to know what you plan on. Like, how do you, I'm already happy with them and you're giving them like an, like you're in the A range. How do you see improving them in this new rewrite? Like, how does that work? Well, um, first of all, let me credit some really smart people that are, that are, that are helping me this year. Um, and actually writing tests. Um, that's been the rub. I mean, I people will send me emails and long suggestions. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, if I send you a template, would you just, would you write it all down? Because <laughs> you'll find that, you know, you'll have this great idea and then you go, oh, wait a minute, I can't get back up center line in five and a half minutes, or I can't, this is not symmetrical, you know, exactly. And so, but I, Susan Lang has been a real standout and she's one of our really good judges. And uh, Sharon Sarche is um, developing the freestyles because as we kind of nudge these tests a little bit, we've added a couple of movements I'll share to be like a big newsflash for your radio show. Yay. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we have to think about, we have to develop rules. We have to have the rules come out. USCF takes forever to, to, to produce new rules. So they've got to be done by 2022 one of those movements is side pass we're adding side pass um to uh level two and uh let's see what else are we doing um oh so as far as improvement overall improvement the, the way we we start with problems and i named a few of them um and for each level. And Cindy Butler, our president, has got organization skills that are unbelievable. So she produced a grid of all the movements that are in all the tests currently. And then we could kind of fill in where were we going to plug in new things and, and what did we need to change? So, all right. So starting with, we needed to change every test coming up center line from F and kind of make those more variable, um, get rid of all those loped parts at M at level four. Uh, the, the leg yield in level one test one is, is from the quarter line to M is really too long to um, have a nice two to one ratio of forward and sideways so that, you know, you can demonstrate good balance and crossing the legs and, um, and, and going forward. So we revised that. Um, we, the thing I love about dressage tests that really struck me is I know you mentioned some things that really, that you really like when I was first introduced to dressage in the seventies, it was like, Oh, I just love this. Every movement 
facilitates the next movement. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do they do this? And I'm telling you, that's a challenge. But we think we're going to come up with better ways to do that. Um, and some of the fundamental movements I'm really stuck on, I wish people would spend more time at, are, I think, free jogs, my favorite. Mm. And, you know, the best way to try to develop that nice, encourage that nice longitudinal stretch is to do some lateral bending before. And I mean, it's a Bible verse to me that, you know, lateral and longitudinal suppleness are completely codependent. So if you have a horse that's really um, not so supple, they're going to not be as likely to stretch over their top line and um, develop that nice swing. But if you set things up so that there's kind of lots of bending before that free jog, they're going to go, oh, and they're going to want to just reach for your hand and stretch down. Mm-hmm. It, it it will happen. I promise you. It's like a law of nature. Mm-hmm. So we added um, some half circles to the basic tests. And what I mean is... Um, the old half circles that used to be in a lot of training level dressage tests, uh, it pretty much went by this, like this. C, track right. B, um, half circle right, 10 meters, returning to the track at M. So it's kind of a teardrop drop shape. So mm-hmm. you've got the right bend, and then you've got the, the left bend in the corner, and then you would go continue across and then go down the other rail at at E half circle back, returning to the track at H another little teardrop. And then, then we'll have a, we've got a free jog circle at, at C and Mm -hmm. right there in front of the judge. So please work hard at it. It Double coefficient. It's a double coefficient because it's just so fundamental to the development of your horse. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, um, free walk or there's some better ways to uh, encourage horses to, you know, produce better free walks. And that was the second thing that I loved about dressage when I started. I thought, whoa, I'll tell you what, you got a free walk in the middle of all these tests. And, you know, I don't know, I'm sure this happened to you, but if you're involved with horses and you're at these big events, you're going to see some people exploiting horses. It just mm-hmm. happens. Um, it happens more when there's a lot of money involved. It happens more when people have owners pressuring them. But, you know, people will lose their cool and start being a little rough with a horse. And, I, and the thing about dressage is I'm like, you know what? That horse is going to sell you out because you'll you'll never get this nice, relaxed, free walk and that trusting lowered head and all this. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was, yeah. Yeah, that was really one of the key things. Um, the last couple of years with my little horse, Willow, she tends to be a hotter, more sensitive horse. And even though she's bred for reining and very athletic for reining, I knew that the mental pressure of basically jumping into the deep end that's kind of required because of the level rider I am and because of the discipline itself, I knew that was going to be hard on her mentally. And so that's the reason that I went the dressage route. And I knew I was head over heels in love with Western dressage when I hit my second show. And so I'm probably riding on like the fifth or sixth test that she's ever ridden in her life. And I came around 
And, and I knew I could feel her hunting for the free walk, which is so brilliantly placed in the middle. And I was like, this is exactly why I knew that this discipline was going to help you because the chunks are so much bigger in raining. You've got like hesitate three big breaths go, you know, and I needed that long. I needed her to be able to see. And now this year getting her ready for raining now that she could see it in those big free walks. And she knew this stuff feels hard, which just cracks me up because we were doing first level. And she's like, this feels hard. And then she'd get it and be like, now we're doing second level. And she's like, this feels hard. And then we're doing fourth level. And she's like, this feels hard. And now we go into raining and she's like, I've got this everywhere. And so she's there's I developed her confidence because of your well-written test. I could not agree with you more. That is so brilliant. The walk across the middle is like I would sign up for it just for that because it's giving my horse a breather without yeah. requiring us to stand still. And and that's a different dis that's a different movement. But the walk and extend it and lower, I was like, this is so good for the horses. Yeah. And you know, those intro tests, I mean, that, so that's where I started with my legal pad in the pickup truck. And I was like, okay, you, you want a horse to wait on you As, for practical purposes and for showing. I mean, like if you, if you've got a, a, a you're competing in roping, like the judged roping, that horse has got to stand in that box while all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. And like you said, hesitate in a raining pattern wait on a cow if you're cutting or you'll incur a miss penalty. And just basically, I'm sorry, every horse should wait on the rider. So Mm -hmm. the first intro test, having those two halts and the two free walks, I remember um, one of our dressage experts said to me, Joyce, are you sure you need two free walks? I'm like, yep. I'm sticking with it. You know, and just, (laughs) and then, and then the two halts and I go, I spent like, Hilda Gurney gave a riding clinic at a huge Arabian farm like 25, 30 years ago. And the whole first day, all she did was teach us how to do execute a proper halt, which involves all the dressage training basics of inviting your horse to the hand. The hands are secondary. They're only to receive, asking the hind end to track up. And, um, and then be immobile and, you know, horses are by nature claustrophobic. So I felt like, you know, to teach a horse to halt and stand for a long time, I would never expect that of a horse, my first ride, you know, I would just, um, but I do expect them to do a turn on the forehand the first ride, you know, because I want to control those haunches. And that's why that came back into Western dressage. It was out of dressage for years, but, um, I I just really thought that it was the best way to teach somebody the element the you know, the elements of a half halt, like how to just walk a horse into a a soft halt, you know, softly Mm -hmm. on the aids and, and just take a breath, have it be four seconds, take a breath. You know, the horse takes a breath. (laughs) It helps if you take a breath Mm -hmm. too. And, um, and just wait on the next cue. So, uh, I felt like right from the beginning, I wanted to have a attitude of a Western rider and what was kind of important to us. And I agree what you said to go back to jumping into raining patterns. That's hard. It's expensive. You know, if you can find a, a good horse to do that with and, um, Western dressage is so great because it will help prepare your horse for all these events. 
And it serves as a standalone, wonderful competition where you get feedback from the judges and, and all that to help you along the way. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I'm, I've, I've got to ask, do, can we have any sneak peeks about level five? Yeah, sure. Yay. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we listen, we always like to get feedback from our members and, uh, I think Gail Matthews arranged a poll. Um, th- I think this was really Cindy's idea. When Cindy became president, she's like, I'm reaching out to these members. Like she was doing it every couple of months. She'd reach out and poll the members. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And uh, so, you know, we added pirouette, half pirouettes in level four. And mm-hmm. I love the pirouette. I love what it does to just sit a horse you know, and still have them engage so strongly. And our Western horses are built right back there. So <laughs> yeah, they are. It's kind of something. It's something they can do. And then it, it will put a good rein on a horse too. I mean, it's and it has the same principles as why an outside rein range your horse. You know, if you're one handed, to kind of control halting the haunches while you're taking the shoulders around. Um, but a pirouette requires you to keep stepping. You've got to keep stepping, stepping, stepping um, while you're doing that low pirouette. So we're going to have a full pirouette in level five. And I got a lot of pressure when I put out level four a couple of years ago, we need tempi changes. It would make those freestyles so much more interesting. And I thought, you know what, slow down. I, people can really get into trouble training flying change um, if they're not tuned into their horse's mental um, uh, agility. You know, mm-hmm. if they're not thinking of their, their mental comfort, you can just rush these things. So I thought, no, we're going we're gonna to just get through this. And I think the freestyles will allow a change of lead in five strides. So we'll probably get down to tempi changes, you know, maybe threes. I don't know if we'll go to twos, just kind of have to see how this rolls out a little bit Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Another movement we're adding, which is the most interesting movement to me is um, the double rain back. And fortunately that was, uh, that was in our rules already, but it sounds like something to a Western person that it really isn't. And I really want to uh, bring the, this this movement that actually is a, a dressage movement called a schalkel. And what that means in German, thank God my husband is fluent in German. I go, okay, tell me what this really means. <laughs> and he goes, well, it's like rock or swing. And so I go, okay. So it's just not like halt, halt at A, back four steps, walk four steps, back six steps, lope off or something, you know, like a double rain back. Mm-hmm. It actually is, um, it's so beautiful and it's, and it's a difficult movement. We were talking about introducing it in level two. And the more I read about it and study film, I'm like, Oh my God, to do this well is really, it should be a level four movement because the horses, you just halt once in the movement to start with um, say three to four seconds and, you know, back uh, six, walk forward, six, back, four, lope. You never stop again. You never pause. So you rock on that last foot forward, you know, is going to start taking you 
backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's I a do. continuous kind of rocking mo- motion. And it is such a, um, it's such a demonstration of the horse's understanding of collecting aids of throughness, um, discipline on your aids, the, the woe go of a half halt and what that all means. And I just think it could be really, really pretty. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you, you have a, 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 a version of that in which test is it that you back from V all the way to B and then, and then immediately yeah. depart in the right lane. I know. I was like, I think I had a double martini the night I wrote that test. You like, know, though, I, when I, when I first read it, I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. But I actually coming from the reigning world, we back our horses you know, for longer distances because, you know, it helps to get the horses get to practice and have some consistency and stuff. And then, but I'd never, I had never ridden it like that. And then immediately into a a lead departure. And, but the more I did it, the more I loved it because exactly what you just said. So I can totally follow what you're saying. Yeah. It's 12 meters because it's from F to P and then lope off. And uh, at first, it was not good. I mean, honestly, like our Western riders, fo- you utilize back way more than dressage people do. I remember watching um, some big event and some Grand Prix rides and, and you know, horses that had to stop and back. And I was like, oh, my God, their eyebrows are sweating. Why are these horses so nervous? <laughs> and it was really because if you don't practice it enough and you don't start with baby steps and you don't respect the movement you're not going to do it as much and develop this wonderful back on a horse it is such a good strengthening exercise it develops thrust that you need for the upper Mm -hmm. levels so yeah I love that move and then so as it was in for like two years later I'm like watching and judging and going, wow, that was pretty good. Straight back and just loped off. You know, I, I love that movement too. Yeah. That's definitely going to stay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love it. So, okay. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm so excited about learning this. And I, what I want to do is I want to thank you for joining me for this segment and for sticking around for the next segment. Cause you said you would willingly come back and do the training tip. So are you good with sure. taking a little break and then coming back? Sure. Sounds great. Okay. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Okay, so we are back and Joyce Swanson is joining me again for the second segment, which I would love Joyce to actually just kind of go in depth on a couple things that you said in the first judging segment. And, um, you know, first of all, just you outlined so beautifully like the tests how do you want, how do you want riders from the judge's view? Like if, if I'm at home and I'm sorry, from the training view, if I'm at home training my horse, what do you hope I am seeing in the tests? Right. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, um, the fact that I mentioned earlier that every piece of real estate and that dressage arena um, the way it's mapped out, whether it's a corner or the, the preceding movement, is to facilitate the next, the subsequent movement. So when you're practicing and or, you know, you look at the test and you go, 
Oh, okay. Well, that 10 meter circle at M is, is definitely going to help me position my horse for a shoulder in between M and B. Um, and so use that. Hey, that's a mm-hmm. training tip. I built training tips into the tests um, for that reason, because we have beginner riders. We have riders that can't get to a coach, but they, they, they want to do this. Um, you know, so I, I just would try to think of every way I could to help people. And I, I think the most significant thing I did, I was a little disappointed in how pivots were coming along. And I thought, well, it's got to start with um, the test. You know, let's let's get these horses ready to pivot. And you know, from your reining, um, we don't do spins, but but reiners don't do spins all the time either. It's really important to start that whole process of training a spin very slow, walking at a walk tempo, kind of a pivot type thing. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's important is in Western, we call it the shape of your horse. In dressage, of course, it's the bend. But I like shape because it's kind of all that horse should be shaped from nose to tail to do a pivot and have it be on the inside behind pivot foot and and be balanced so um I can't remember what test it is I think it's a uh, level four test three I finally said okay I need a change of direction so it's going to be one and a half turns here and and they're and these horses should be ready for this I'm going to have them walk an eight meter circle first <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, so so I, I think you have you probably ridden this test Stacey so yep. I think it's at I or something circle, right? Eight meters. And then when you get back to the letter I, which is on center line. Okay. Show me those pivots. Yep. And so then your horse. So did that make sense to you? I'm just curious. Did you totally. get that? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. And actually I really like it because it's ridden in a collected walk. Yes. And so you're doing exactly like you would in training, um, like a, a reigning type horse, a Western disciplined horse, mm-hmm. you're collecting everything up and you're kind of I, usually like in a reigning lesson, we'd be like, okay, bottle it all up. You know, it's kind of like yeah. we wouldn't use necessarily the same, but it's like, you got to bring it all together so that we can then, cause we're funneling that into what's about to come, which is, you know, when we're headed to spins, you got to bottle some energy up there and so you can release it and let it and direct it. And so, yeah, right. totally got and that. Have them reach for the bridle, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. turn them loose. I mean, and that's what we want to see in Western dressage too, is we always want to see reach for the hand and over the top line and have the rider allow that horse to work through his whole frame. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're trapping him with your hands um, and you know, riding too much with, with the bridle instead of your seat and legs and, and shortening that frame, you're not going to have a nice free moving individual. So. Right. And that's the dance. The dance is that people tend to either not want to collect them at all because they kind of are avoiding touching them. That is more prevalent in the Western world. Or yeah. when they do start touching them, they don't know how to touch them without blocking them. So this yeah. is why I'm such a proponent of the Western dressage, because it's like, you can touch them without blocking them. And that is how you develop all this, the communication and, you know, not, not blocking that energy, but funneling it. So. Yeah. And that's a great difference you're pointing out because um, yeah, I remember studying with some German dressage riders and the contact was quite heavy. And then, um, then I studied with a French uh, rider, brilliant, that was all into this lightness. Well, 
you know, you can be too light and you can be too heavy. Mm -hmm. And there's that sweet spot where that contact, first of all, should be elastic. So it involves, you know, everything up your whole wrist and hand and forearm, everything needs to be attached in a relaxed way. And that, that, that contact is, is, you know, just so important to not frighten your horse. I mean, think about it. The bit is the one instrument we use that causes pain. I mean, people can get kind of crazy with their spurs, but, but um, generally speaking, seat and legs, a horse will just come onto those just so much easier. So yeah, you're right. I think contact's important, but then I also had to deal with Western people with draped reins and um, uh, kind of behind the feel a little mm-hmm. bit too much, kind of propped behind. Hiding. The, you, the Western world has a, has a, a problem with having horses that hide behind the contact, yeah. they hide from the bit. Yeah. And generally it's because they got too severe of a bit in the horse's yeah. mouth, you know, uh, I, I, I have a wall of bits. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say I went through the bits, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, there's some good bit makers out there like Greg Darnell and some of these people. I'm like, yeah, I got, I got some bits, but I only use one. <laughs> and let me mention this big training tip. I don't know why people don't take advantage of our Bozalita and Snaffle or, or Curb to rain. It, mm-hmm. It's like the most wonderful thing you can do for your horse. I know you've ridden in the Hackamore. Um, to be able to ride, I think rain cow horse is the only discipline, and I think it's until the horse is age six, where you can ride in the two rain. And what that is basically is you've got a little pencil bozelle around your horse with your Makati reins coming back to you and you have a, a bit in the horse's mouth. So you're kind of riding a double bridle and you can just kind of like get a little more definite on one aspect of those four reins to choose from, or you can just kind of soften and, you know, let the horse relax and just kind of be on the bozalita for a little bit. I mean, it's just a wonderful psychologically for the horse. It's just wonder, a wonderful way to train. So Cliff and I have been doing quite a few clinics on that, but I don't see too many people besides me riding that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, that is interesting. And I think if you have any links to that, that people would love to kind of see the setup, because I think until you see it, it sounds really complicated. So I think I it know. might, it I might know. be it, the, I think the it's one of those things where sometimes the concept is more intimidating than when you start touching it. Not, but there is skill to handling, you know, that many reins, but it's not, it's not, I, I guess it's not as bad as it sounds. It's easier to do than when you're explaining it. It sounds right. more complicated. So thank you for that. Thank you for that endorsement. Cause I, when I got done with that, I thought nobody knows what I'm talking about, but let me just say, you know, our equipment guide, I think is on our website on the WDA website. And we've got some pretty good pictures of, you know, the two rain bridle. And, you know, fortunately, like most of the students in our barn have a pretty versatile background. Um, one gal rode saddlebreds and Hunter Pleasure and a Pelham. So she was with two reins. So it was like nothing for anybody that maybe rode an English pleasure horse and a double bridle that, that are used to the two rain or dressage horses and a double mm-hmm. bridle, you know, where you can, um, it just takes practice, develop those fingers that are working the bozelle and the the other fingers that are working the the rein. So, yeah. Yeah. And if I was going to give an endorsement of it, the 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 beauty of it is 
the the catch exactly what you just said the fingers working the reins and a lot oftentimes riders that are intimidated to try it don't yet have fingers that are trained to be working up walking up and down the reins as i call it like yeah. so they're not they're not used to walking up and down and moving which is actually hindering them when they're riding right now but they don't know it so learning this technique of having both reins you automatically have to address the challenge that you should address anyway but you don't realize it's there if that makes sense yeah, yeah. exactly yeah well, this has been really, really informative. So now when do these new tests roll out? So, um, well, they're going to be officially out and used in Jan- any shows January of 2022. Okay. We've got to get them out soon. I mean, like we are just putting the finishing touches on uh, level two and level three. Level four is going to be a no brainer. I love our level four test, but of course we have to fix some of some little problems and um, uh, flying change will be across all four of those tests. Um, and then level five, you know, I, I, it, it, it would be easy. <laughs> so yeah. the really what comes through really to, through to level three and adding side pass and, you know, trying to incorporate all these m- movement and then deciding, okay, we needed to teach the lope uh, half pass by level three. You know, mm-hmm. I got this directive from 2017. I was like, you know what, can you make easier transitions between the levels? And I go, well, yeah, I suppose I could hold off introducing half pass lope and, you know, until fourth level. And then I was stuck going, well, the best way to do a flying lead change that most dressage people know anyway is half pass and change, you know, mm-hmm. and so we had that one test with simple changes in it. It just didn't make sense. So, mm-hmm. all right, here's the short answer. I am hopeful that these will be completely done by June. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's ambitious. So and then, yeah, then they have to go to, we, we started last April. <laughs> it's a slog. <laughs> it's a real slog to get through this. Then they have to go to, you know, Bruce Hamilton does a wonderful job. Um, diagramming our tests for us and he needs time to be fair. And honestly, Bruce has a great editing eye and he'll catch little mistakes, you know, like something's not quite consistent. So um, other things to look forward to is we're going to streamline our directives and make them, you know, have a little more clarity. Um, We're going to be a little more thoughtful about assigning the coefficients. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I think everybody should look forward to it. Enjoy the test now because the test now are still an A minus. <laughs> yes, I I'm still really happy. Well, thank you again for the like taking us all, myself included, behind the scenes and kind of unpacking because I I have a new appreciation uh, when I ride the test for really thinking about the process it took to get them there, which I had never considered before, and now that I'm watching you work on these like fifth level and stuff like that. It's, it's just fascinating to me to, to just think about all the work that's gone into it. So first of all, thank you for writing these and getting this whole thing kicked off and for the updates. And thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Yeah. And Stacy, thanks for your enthusiasm about Western uh, dressage. I mean, we just love your smiling face. Anytime I see you, I'm like, Oh God, that girl's just got so much positive energy. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much again. And I look forward to seeing you at the next show we do live. So yes, we'll do it.
Thanks, Stacey. Thanks. Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Thanks again to Diney Swanson and Joyce Swanson for joining me on today's show. If you're interested in hearing more from me, I have a podcast where I teach people how to understand, enjoy, and successfully train their own horses. You can search Train Your Own Horse with Stacy Westfall in your podcast player. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Network.com.